Hey, you sick, twisted freaks. It's Roly. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Well, if you needed any proof that we were still living in the darkest timeline, this week kind of bore that out, didn't it? Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I should say, by way of, we'll start with the personal stuff, and then we'll get into the meat. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to the meat. Right, remember, hashtag, get to the meat. Um, I'm coming out of a hole here. I've talked about this on the podcast the past few weeks. I've had a really shitty two years. I've, I've been worried about things um, from a, uh, uh, well, from many different levels. I mean, financially being one of them, I've, I've lived for two years on half the income that I was making prior to COVID eating my job. And, and as you might imagine, that does tend to weigh on your brain a little bit, and I've had a hard time. Uh, I've been promoted in the job that I recently have, and I'm making what I was making before COVID ate my job. And uh, I'm I'm here to tell you that that I'm, I'm you can't imagine. Well, maybe you can, especially in this day and age with inflation the way it is. Um, what um, a fifty percent pay raise um, does to your your attitude. Um, when you realize that you've got enough money to pay the bills and you don't have to juggle things around and, and, um, you don't have to rob Peter to pay Paul or whatever it is that, you know, whatever metaphor you want to put in there, I don't have to do it anymore. Um, and we're going to be okay. Uh, my, uh, my boy is, uh, uh, who is some of, you know, my middle child had had a traumatic brain injury and is getting physical therapy and, and, uh, and occupational therapy. And we had a fight with the health, uh, health insurance for uh, a long time regarding that because, well, they thought that his current condition was just fine, except for the fact that he can't walk and he can't see and, and um, can't pick things up with his uh, thumb and his forefingers like he used to be able to do before he had a traumatic brain injury. Basically, you know, he can't function. I, I would think opposable thumbs would be a thing, but, you know, apparently the health insurance industry doesn't really think that that's necessary. So I, I fought them on that. I fought them for almost two years um, about that. And, and we're finally where we want to be and my boy's getting the help that he needs. So I'm, I'm happy there. Um, I've, um, decided to say, fuck it. Um, and while I am still, uh, weary of the, uh, macaroni, um, it's time to get back out in the world a, a little bit and, uh, um, being shut up in this house, uh, because I, I, I was afraid of, uh, you know, I'm diabetic, so I, I have type two diabetes and that is a, uh, a, a um, comorbidity for uh, COVID-19. Uh, also the fact that I'm over 50, uh, which is, uh, a comorbidity for COVID-19. And also that, you know, I haven't treated my body as well as I could have. So. You know, these are things that I worried about. And I was also deathly afraid, you know, that my, you know, one of my ch- children, my oldest ch- uh, child works in uh, a hospital, uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's where the sick people are. <laughs> you know, my wife is a uh, uh, type one diabetic and uh, I'm worried for her. So, uh, and um, my middle child, as I might have mentioned, has, you know, traumatic brain injury and had some problems. And the reason why he's traumatic brain injury is because he checked out on us for five minutes. They were able to re- bring him back, but you, you never know what bombs lie underneath when something like that happens. And um, 
He may not be immunocompromised, but I don't necessarily want to take the fucking chance now, do you? So we've been worried. And, and the end result of that is that, you know, I, I have not been part of the world for about two years. Um, and I, I've kind of had enough of that. Um, things are starting to turn around and go the way that I would like them to go. And I feel better, and I don't feel as scared anymore. I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I'm, you know, what, you know, I've sliced, diced, julienne, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And I feel like as long as you take the necessary precautions, it's time to get back out in the world and do shit again. And not be afraid. Um, I am starting, and, and this might seem a little selfish sounding, but I assure you that it is not, but, um, I'm starting to, I will always put my wife and my children before me. I think that that, that is, it, that, that is my duty. That, you know, I eat last. That's not exactly a figure of speech. That actually is literal. I will make sure everybody else has a plate of food before I make one for myself. Because I feel that that is my obligation as a father and as a husband is to make sure that my wife and my children are taken care of before I get mine. But it, it's, it, it does lead to situations where I feel a little frustrated where I'm, I'm, you know, sitting down to do this show, for example, sometimes is a little hard, um, especially uh, if I'm waiting until after nine o'clock to where people go to bed uh, so that uh, it's dark in the house and the bird's not making noise and everybody else is settled down and what have you. Then I turn on my microphone. Invariably, that that works and it doesn't work because I'll start doing something and somebody else needs something and I will go and, you know, and then it's you know, 11 o'clock at night and I haven't done shit and I get frustrated with that because I haven't had the time to do my thing. Uh, I don't ask for time for myself very often because, you know, I, I, I have, I feel like I have obligations, but I took some time for myself this weekend, uh, went for a drive. Went down to the beach because I needed some sand therapy. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm feeling a little better about life. Like I said, things are starting to go the way that I would like them to go. So, um, you know, it's, it's time for a little uh, self-care, I guess would be the best way to put it. And um, taking a little time to do me. Part and parcel of that is this podcast. Because nothing brings me joy as much as sitting here and blowing hot air in your general direction. So, there is that. So, having said that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm good and, and we're going to move on to uh, things that are a little more important than my bitching. I can't help but think that we're still living in the darkest timeline though, you know? So it's time for, you know, story time with Rolly. <clears throat> um, there are those of you out there that will probably think that I'm just basically a, a garden variety asshole, and that's okay. I, I, I am. But had you known me in my late teens, early 20s, this is a Boy Scout. I've said that before. I, I have not been 
the nicest person in the world to people. Um, I had issues growing up. Um, and some of it's nature and some of it's nurture. Uh, I was raised by... I was raised by people that probably shouldn't have been parents. Um, I took on some of both of their personality traits. Um, my, uh, my father had anger issues and uh, temper problems and, um, and acted out on those quite a bit. Um, sometimes uh, at the expense of, you know, my health. Um, and my mother was uh, a, uh, a master manipulator bar none. And uh, I took on both of those personality traits. And to tell you that that is the foundation of a, um, of sociop sociopathy, excuse me, you know, that's, that's not, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, borderline personality disorder, narcissistic, narcissistic personality disorder, uh, I will tell you that I have been that guy. And growing up, that manifested itself in a few ways. Um, I, I Again, I didn't treat people as well as I could have. Um, I've lost many friends over the years because of things like that. Um, I, have, um, a, I have many broken relationships as a result of that, some of which I will tell you, most of which were probably my fault, a few that weren't, but most of which were probably my fault because of my behavior and the way that I thought, honestly, the way that I thought that a man should behave because the man in my life that I looked up to, my, you know, my father, that's how he behaved. You know, and as you get older, you realize that that's not necessarily a good thing. And I've, I've done a lot of work to break that to the point where I, I'm very comfortable to say, uh, very comfortable in saying that I am not the person I used to be. I am a much better man. I'm a much better husband. I am a much better father. I'm a much better person today than I was back then. It's not, look, Anybody can tell you that at the age of 18, when you grow up and they say, today you are a man or whatever, that you're not cooked yet. You're, you're just not. And I certainly wasn't. That is true of most anybody. I just was a little extra. And one of the things that I, I will tell you, and I, I will confess this to you, is that I, I, I didn't care as much for my, the welfare of my romantic partners as I could have. When you're 18 and you're a man and you were raised in a certain way, you're thinking mainly about one aspect of being a romantic partner and not all of them. That's a polite way to say it, I think, right? Did I care mainly about getting laid? Absolutely. That was, you know, and, and again, also remember, this is the 1980s. 
and early 1990s. Now, actually, I can't even say that. I mean, you know, it, 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 it lasted. For me, I'm, I'm, you know, basically developmentally stunted. I didn't get my wake-up call until I was, oh, what, 35 years old? But I can honestly tell you that it is now 2022, and, and um, there's a long evolution there to being a much different person than I was. When you're a young man, at least the young man that I was, you know, you tended to view and I tended to view at that time my romantic partners as a means to an end. Because, again, I was modeling behavior that I had seen in my life. And I believe that I'm not the only person that thinks that way. I believe that there are a lot of people in this world that see women. And for the cases of discussion here, I am talking about my personal experience as a cishet white man. Okay? I understand that sometimes that's the last thing people want to hear, but... I'm, we're talking about my life here for a moment, so understand and work with me. I'll, I'll come back around here, okay? As a cishet white man, I was very, very personally invested in getting my dick wet. Okay? I mean, you know, as a young man is, is want to do. Good, bad, indifferent, I'm, I'm just saying, stating a, a, for me, what was at that time a fact of life. So I didn't necessarily focus on the needs or wants or desires of my partner at the time. I was more interested in one particular thing. And again, you know, this is where, you know, obviously, uh, that combined with my inability to regulate my uh, my uh, uh, behavior, anger-wise, temper-wise, uh, led to a a string of failed relationships. I, I I'm not. I mean, I'm not. This should be obvious. It's a no-brainer. But at the time, it's a revelation, right? But the mark of a person, I think, who has grown. is when they can put away those childish things and learn from the mistakes that they've made. And, and again, you know, I am the bad example. Use me. To start to recognize that that person over there is just as much worthy of respect and dignity as I am except for the fact that I have not done anything to earn respect and I certainly don't have any dignity so how do I how do I fix this 
And the only way you can fix this is to change your behavior and be a better person and do the work. Which is what I've done. And my evolution from shallow hell, for the better way to put it, um, shallow hell with an attitude problem, to Roly today in 2022 has been long, but it has been worth it. I have three kids. I've been married 28 years next month. I hope, although, again, you'll have to ask people that I believe that are friends. You will have to ask them their opinion of me. I do not believe my own press clippings because I have been that guy. I don't want to be that guy again. But it's not my place to tell you that I'm okay. It's other people's business to tell you what they think of me. If you ask them, what do I think of myself? I think I'm okay. I don't... I, I have had to learn humility and let go of too much of an ego. Because I... I I, I did have one. If you believe in astrology, for example, I am a Leo. I'm very Leo. And, you know, we, we, we tend to be a little self-centered. But I have learned over time to be, I think, a better person. And in so doing... I have let go of certain limiting beliefs and certain things that I believed when I was 18 years old that I no longer believe anymore. One of the things that I will tell you is that I am no longer a Republican. When I was 18, through about 2003, so about 33 years old, I was a listener of uh, one Mr. Rush Limbaugh. And I believed everything he said. I no longer believe anything a talk radio show host of any stripe has to say about any good goddamn thing. Because they don't believe it themselves. History and the proof of your own lion eyes has borne that out for themselves over the past, say, 20-some-odd years. It started with Rush Limbaugh believing that drug addicts should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, except if your name is Rush Limbaugh. Then you can buy your way out of trouble, which is exactly what he did. And that was the last time I listened to Rush Limbaugh. I stopped being a Republican when I saw friends who were enlisted in the military go off and play Russian roulette with their lives on the third and fourth deployments to the Middle East, and some of them didn't come back because of weapons of mass destruction, which over time has been borne out was a bullshit reason to 
finish the job that daddy should have probably had something to do with. We didn't have permission to go and take out that son of a bitch at the time in 1991, so we took a second crack at him and we got what we wanted. And, and um, In the end, because we needed a pretext to go back in there, Iraq had nothing to do with Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. Were they responsible for some, you know, was Iraq a, a, a state sponsor of terror? Absolutely. But we went to war in Iraq for the wrong reasons at the wrong time. I'm glad we got bin Laden in Afghanistan or Pakistan when he was there, but I'm glad, I'm glad we got him. I will say nothing bad about the military. I, I, I was raised, you know, in a military family and, and they put food on the table and a roof over our head. I'll never say anything bad about the military. I will say something bad about the politicians that use them. And then the third thing that happened was Hurricane Isabel, who came through Virginia Beach in 2003. And it, it changed my view of people. I had an elderly neighbor. And the power was out here for about a week, and this was Labor Day weekend of 2003. And the power was out for about a week here. Um, it was 85, 90 degrees and humid as hell. And, uh, of course there were, there was no air conditioning in the houses and, and what have you. And I had an elderly man next door who was basically sitting in his own sick and, uh, nobody came along to check on him. His relatives didn't come to check on him. Nobody came to check on him. So we took care of him, made sure he was bathed and fed and had water and, and things like that. And it, 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 it. It changed my worldview from once you're okay, make sure your neighbors and your friends are. Because you don't know unless you, you check. And, and there are people that will tell you they're fine, like me. And they're not. They're, they're going through things that you don't know about. Or maybe they are, and they're just keeping a stiff upper lip, and you know everybody else around you is, is, you know, in a bad way, but, you know, well, I'm fine, no problem. Meanwhile, you know, home is hell, or, you know, their, their situation is bad. And it's up to caring people to band together or, or act in somebody else's best interest sometimes. It, it does despite what you may think, take a village. And then I started noticing that the people that I was looking to to actually be charitable and generous and compassionate were no longer that way. But they still professed piety. They, they professed themselves to be Compassionate Christians. And that was the final nail in the coffin for me as far as organized religion was concerned because you cannot, you cannot believe in the teachings of Jesus, the New Testament, 
the things that you say you believe in and treat people the way you treat people sometimes. You certainly cannot claim to be a Christian if you believe, as we have seen in the last week, that guns have more rights than women. And yes, I'm going to go here now. So, and this is the main idea. I said in a previous podcast that every human being has certain undisputable, indisputable human rights. I talked about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It was signed in 1948. I believe those things to be sacrosanct. One or both of the two major parties in these here United States don't believe that. One of them may be paying lip service to it. One doesn't care one way or the other. This week has been absolutely just batshit insane. And I am not going to I'm not going to do what other people have done here because I don't have a uterus. So to get knee deep in that argument, I don't feel comfortable getting knee deep in that argument because I'm a guy. I have a daughter. And I am going to say this. I am afraid for my daughter. In this new world that we now live in past Friday. I am afraid for my daughter. Because my daughter as of right now, has less rights than her mother had when her mother was in childbearing years. You've got three kids. That's right. We do. We have three children. You want to know why we don't have four? Because I took it upon myself to make sure we don't have four. I will tell you the deal that was made when we were young and first married and we were having a family. We agreed that if the second child was a boy, we would try one more time for a girl. But if the second child was a girl, that was it. My second child was a boy. That's part A of that decision. The other thing that we agreed upon, and I'm going to 
get to the point here shortly. Just stay with me. My second child was an emergency C-section because my wife had a prolapsed umbilical cord, and they had to wheel her in and cut her open. And back then, an emergency C-section was up and down, not east-west. So there was a concern that a third child would have to be delivered in the same way, C-section. So the agreement that we made was that if they had to open my wife up to deliver my baby girl, then she would have the procedure done, a tubal ligation. If she was able to deliver the child in a normal way, normal delivery, I would have a vasectomy. Morgan was delivered in a normal way in October of 1999, and in February of 2000, I had a vasectomy. Couple of reasons for that. A vasectomy is an outpatient procedure. Um, it is in out it's fifteen minutes, you know. And look, I mean, it's one of the very few times that you know us as men we get to put our feet up on the little fake feet, and you know. Doctor walked in and said, "How many kids do you have? Three. He says, "Do you want four? I said, "No." He said, "You're in the right place." And they take a muscle relaxant up, actually, I think it was Valium, and they right, right in the taint, right there. And um, now, guys, you know, we're a little touchy about those parts, right? <clears throat> and I said, well, why do you shoot me full of muscle relaxant right there? And he said, it's very simple. I don't want you to kick me in the head. And I thought about it for as long as I could think about it because, you know, about 15 minutes later, I I'm going to tell you something, kids. If you go for this procedure and they do, if they still do it how I did it in the year 2000, and I'm pretty sure they probably do, um, after about 15 minutes, you are not going to care. Yeah, I, trust me on this. You're not going to care. He comes in, starts doing his business. There's a point in time during the process where you start to see smoke emanating from the area because they're cauterizing the vas deferens. And they tie it in a knot and they cauterize it and you start to see smoke. And you're chock full of muscle relaxing kids and you're just going, hey, that's really cool. <laughs> you don't care. And you're not kicking the doctor in the head, which is, you know, what they want. And um, my, uh, I got up out of the chair and stumbled to the door and my father was there waiting. And I had had a conversation, very short conversation before I went in. He, he took me because, you know, you're not driving home. I just want to make sure you're clear on that. <laughs> <clears throat> And I said, um, so let me ask you a question, um, because um, not knowing what I know today, I'm the oldest child, my brother is the youngest child, there was one in the middle that I know was a miscarriage, so there would have been another one. 
So after you had Sean, did um, mom have a tubal ligation or did you have a vasectomy? And my dad said, I had a vasectomy. I said, so, um, and he just looked at me and said, this is the right thing to do. I did it. I would do it again. You were doing the right thing. I said, okay. And I never said, I, I, I had no more questions. I felt that this was the right thing to do. And despite the fact that my father and I have had issues, you know, we've had subscriptions, we have entire volumes. The fact that he validated my decision meant a lot to me. That yes, I was going to have this done. There's that. Was it painful after? Yes. Uh, all those things they tell you about a bag of frozen peas? Yes, that's true. Ice packs are your friend. Uh, Tylenol number three is your friend. You know what they don't tell you? Guys, I want you to listen up. Because this is about the most guy you're going to hear me for the, for the, for the foreseeable future. I want to tell you the dirty little secret that they don't tell you about vasectomies. And if, if, if you are still thinking the way I thought at 18 years old, this is news you're going to want to hear. After you have a vasectomy, and once you're healed up, I'm going to tell you that your libido skyrockets. You, you, you don't want to know from nothing, man. You just, you're. Now, it might be psychologically because you are no longer in danger of having a kid. Right? Because. After you make sure, because you go back for a checkup after and they just make sure that, you know, you're not, you're shooting blanks. And maybe it's psychological that, you know what, if I'm no longer in danger of having a kid or getting somebody pregnant, oh boy, I'm going to, oh, you know what I'm saying? Your sex drive goes through the roof. But you guys don't want to hear about that because all you're worried about is a scalpel in your nutsack. Don't be afraid. It's not that bad. I am proof. It's okay. And frankly, if you want to be honest, I think we should be talking about vasectomies before we start talking about tubal ligations in any event. But we don't want to do that because, you know, men run the show. And, you know, I mean, every dick is sacred. Every sperm is sacred. Right? I think that if you are an honorable man, you should be offering to do this. But the, the point of all of this is that through all of this, I want, I want to draw you back to we agreed. We together made a choice and we made an agreement about how this is to be done. We engaged in, wait for it, family planning. Which now, 
thanks to the Supreme Court, people are no longer going to have that option. I will tell you, if, if we felt, if we had, in the parlance, had an accident, and by the way, we, we did. Our second child was not exactly planned. There were antibiotics involved, and antibiotics in combination with birth control, it's not something that either of us thought about. I still have three great children regardless. But we did make a plan. We did engage in family planning. And that is now out the window for many people who will no longer have that ability because they no longer have the ability to choose when it's right for them to have a child. And after we have made this decision, the next thing that's going to happen is that they are going to try to ban birth control, mistakenly calling them something that they're not. Birth control pills, contraception, IUDs, things like that, are not inducers of abortion. And there are many people out there that believe that it is. It is not. Birth control pills are not abortifacients. An IUD is not an abortifacient. They do not induce abortion. They prevent pregnancy or lessen the chances of you having a child. They are no more an abortifacient than you dudes wearing a rubber is an abortifacient. But we don't want to wear rubbers, do we, guys? Because, well, you know, we should have the choice. Some of you still have one in your wallet from 1986, and it's time to let that shit go. I mean, at this point, incels, you're not getting late. You might as well just give it up. And, by the way, there's no reason on God, God's green earth that any woman should actually put out for any of us ever again, if you really want my, my, my honest truth. There's no, there's no reason. I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to have, well, I can't even remember the name of the play, but the, the old Greek play about the women that decide that, no, we're not putting out for you assholes anymore. And then they change, you know, policy gets changed as a result of this. I cannot remember the name of the play, but it's going to come up. I'm fairly sure. Taking this out to the 50,000 foot view, we are now... Very comfortable as, as, as a, a, a Christo-fascist nation. And you can argue with me all you want, but that's where we're headed. 
we're, we're going to be very, very happy as a Christo-fascist nation to, as Clarence Thomas intimated in his, uh, his uh, opinion that he wrote, we're going to start looking at all the other things that they don't like, like same-sex marriage, like um, uh, intimacy. Read that as the sodomy law. Anything that is a anything that is an extension of the privacy afforded to us under the Fourteenth Amendment, which is where this stuff comes from, same sex marriage, uh, same sex or, or intimacy in general, the sodomy law, things like that. It's gonna come from there. And we're just gonna start striking down the stuff that we don't like. And by we I mean old fucking white men with limp dicks. But, you know, keep the Viagra coming. There's a, a certain part of me that wants to ask if, if the people that are doing this, if they have they no shame. But, of course, we know that they don't. Because for them, everything's going to be just peachy fucking keen. For them, nothing changes. Right? Because understand, and you've heard this before, you've probably heard this in the past 48 hours, this isn't going to stop abortion. It's going to stop safe abortion. Some of you will remember a time prior to Roe v. Wade. I don't know if you're listening to this show, but we'll, we'll assume that there's somebody over the age of 50 that remembers the time before when people were using Lysol to abort babies. And yes, that is a thing. And the, uh, the necrosis of the kidneys that followed, the rotting of organs that followed as a result of douching with Lysol. And by the way, Lysol was on board with that back then. I, I, I don't know if you know that. I, 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 there was a, an article that I read recently talking about exactly that that you know Lysol had marketing campaigns saying you know wink wink nudge nudge and everybody talks about the coat hangers there are people that talk about I remember one of my ex-girlfriends back who was in a relationship with somebody else after me uh, trying to make uh, uh, what is it Um, penny royalty And she asked me to help her find a recipe for it. And um, I, I actually, at the time, I because, again, I was not this person that I am today. I wish I had this to do over again. I really do. Um, I, I refused to help her because I didn't get it. I didn't understand back then. Today, if I got that phone call today, I, I would have absolutely done that. I would have absolutely helped her. Because I didn't understand back then. I didn't get it. I do today. But we seem to be very happy taking rights away from people. We seem to be very happy. Uh, we, 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 as, you know, the American, uh, you know, supposedly Judeo-Christian, cishet, white man, 
balding on top with a, a, a limp dick and need a little help for that and the, and the red BMW convertible and, and you know, whatever. We seem to be just fine uh, getting along as long as we have somebody else to make a second-class citizen out of. As long as we're on top and we can point to other people and go, yeah, yeah, I got you and I got you and I got you. That's what makes us happy, isn't it? Especially if we can do it in the name of Jesus. And then that way, you know, we make, you know, every woman in the planet, you know, uh, at least in the United States, a broodmare for the state, as George Carlin said once. They are nothing more than, we are not going to be happy unless, and I'm not going to go full Margaret Atwood on you, but we're not going to be happy as a, you know, Christian nation unless we can make every female in the United States of childbearing age a life support system for a uterus. And, And as long as we don't have to treat them any more than that, as long as we don't have to afford them any more rights than that, Yeah, then, you know, I mean, what's not to like? God, I just got this vision of the Matrix, only instead of having the, the plug in the back of the head, just let that marinate for a minute. You creeped out? I'm creeped out. And I thought of it. Yes, there's something wrong with me. What do you want? But we're totally happy taking rights away from people now. Apparently, we're good. Unless, unless it has to do with guns. Unless, you know, because there's no right to an abortion in the Constitution. I, I, I got news for you. If we're talking about no right to something in the Constitution, you know what else is not in the Constitution? Guns are not in the Constitution. They're not in the Constitution. They're in the appendix, right? There's an afterthought. We had to make a, we had to make a right for you to have that gun, right? right? You had to make a right for that. And, and the little awkward commas in place where people don't understand what the fuck it means and you guys really want to talk about that, taking that first part of the sentence out. You love the last part. But we've proven beyond the shadow of a doubt this week that your AR-15 has more rights than your, you know, your, 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 your wife does. Or your girlfriend does. That should not sit right with anyone, unless you're an homosexual. And if you are, the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, you know, it, it, do you, did you name it Gertrude? Do you get out the oil, lube it up real nice? Did you make it automatic so it, you know, you don't have to do any work? I'm just asking. 
And by the way, I'm assuming that all of you have needle dicks anyway, because that's the only way you're going to fit it in there. The fuck is wrong with you people? I had other things I'm going to talk about this week, but I seem to have gone almost an hour now. So, you know, fuck it. <laughs> we will talk about what, what are the things where I was I going to talk about this week? Let me in my handy dandy iPad here. Hold on. Uh, J6. We, we've got stuff to talk about there with all the um, all the uh, 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 revelations from the uh, the hearings. Yeah, we'll get into that next time. Um. I've actually talked about making time for myself. Actually, so J6 is the only thing that's left. Why don't we just go ahead and talk about that? We'll just get it, get it all out of the way. Hmm? Just to put a pin in, um, just to put a pin in abortion versus guns and all that stuff is, is uh, I don't have a problem uh, if we're in the mood to take away people's rights. If, if we're in the mood to take away, then we either need to make a right and amend the Constitution or codify uh, women having the same rights as the rest of us. I can't even believe that I have to say that. I, I can't believe that I have to say that every human on this planet should be afforded the same equal human rights as everybody else. Just because they have boobs and a vagina doesn't make them less than. Only you assholes think that. Fill in your Margaret, At uh, Margaret Atwood choice, uh, quote of choice right here, because, you know, fuck all y'all. <laughs> if you really believe that, <clears throat> as cogent as my argument, yeah, right, okay. If you really believe that, that it's okay to make a second-class citizen out of half of the population, right? I, I don't know what to do with you. I, I will tell you that if you actually believe that, you are not the Christians you think you are. Or maybe you are. Maybe you think you're exactly that Christian, but I don't want to know from you. The, you know, the Jesus that I think exists would not be down with this. Would not be down with this at all. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe I am. Fuck you. I don't care. I choose to believe in something different. I choose to believe every human is worthy. Until they show me they're not. Unfortunately, the only person that's ever shown me they're not worthy is related to me. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tending to think good things for you until you, 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 you know, you fuck up. And wanting to be in control of how and when you have a kid is not a fuck up. Oh, and by the way, choosing to be a healthy human being that engages in that activity is not a moral failure. 
Hey, we're humans. We fuck. I, I mean, unless you're a certain age and maybe that's part of your problem. And I am not down with the people that say, um, it's okay for me as a guy to, you know, fuck around, but, you know, that's not cool either. I mean, that's straight out of the 19-whatever, 30s, 40s, 50s. That is an outdated, outmoded way of thinking. The older folks among us may believe something different, that maybe, you know, women don't have the same sex drive men does. Bullshit! I have dated women older than myself in my time. I will tell you, without any fear of, of uh, being wrong, that women have the same, if not a bigger sex drive than some men. I know this to be true. So, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Trust me on this. And if you're wanting to put that in, it, it, no, oh God. A, on a personal level, you have no idea what the fuck you're missing out on. Secondly, it's just not right. To, to think, it's just not right, man. If you prick us, ha, 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 if you... There are many regards in which we are all the same. This is one of them, and there is at least a portion of the population that does not want to re recognize that we are all the same. Unfortunately, there uh, old white dudes like me that want to control women. And I, uh, I, uh, if, uh, fuck the lot of you. Okay. Fuck the lot of you forever. This is not the way we live anymore. And if we're, if there's any hope for humanity, it's that you're all going to die soon. Cause I, I think you're, I, I think you're that old. And broken. Come at me. I, 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 you know, comments, whatever. That's fine. You're all old and broken and you're going to die soon. And this uh, outmoded attitude that you have is going to go with you. And um, on that note, uh, can we get all the people over the age of 65 out of fucking Congress, please? Can we actually get Congress, uh, congressmen and senators and people in the government that actually uh, represent the culture that we live in now? That would be really nice because this old broken shit ain't going to fly anymore. And, you know, God love you, Nancy Pelosi. God love you, Schumer. God love you, Grassley. God love you, all the people. Get the fuck out. It's time for you to go. Do we want AOC? Well, maybe some of us don't. Do we want Bernie? I want Bernie but 25. I want Bernie but 35. You're a Bernie communist? He ain't a communist. Look the fucking definition up. Bernie is closer to what I think is the, tr is the case now 
Bernie is the world I want to live in. Bernie is the world that I think we should be living in, except for the fact that, you know, capitalism and old white men. Okay? So, you know, fuck off. January 6th. I, I don't know how at this stage of the game, after two weeks of, of, of uh, hearings and the way they've sent things out, have you been watching? Have you been watching? Have you read transcripts? Have you, have you actually sat and watched it or have you let somebody else tell you what they say they said? Yeah, you know, have you been watching Hannity or Glenn Beck or any of the idiots? Have you been watching MSNBC and the, and the people over there that have an agenda? Have you been watching CNN and, and not really getting much of anything? I will credit Rachel Maddow for one thing. Rachel Maddow's podcast feed has put on its podcast feed the hearings in audio. Yes, they do the pre-hearing and the post-hearing analysis, which is them, but you actually get unexpurgated. You actually get the hearings themselves without commentary or analysis. Failing that, go to C-SPAN and watch it there because they're nonpartisan. They just show it to you. Having said that, I do not understand how you can be a person with two brain cells that fire in succession and not believe at this point that you got screwed. And by you, I mean the Trump voter. Trump knew he lost. Everybody told him he lost. Everybody told him that everything he came up with to say, it's not fair, I got screwed, was bullshit. <clears throat> it was a grift for fundraising dollars. And it was a way to try to overthrow the fucking government. The man only cares about himself. He doesn't care about the country. He doesn't care about the institutions that make this country great and keep this country going. He cared about being a strong-arm thug that wanted to keep power and put money in his pocket and in his family's pocket. It was a grift, it was a scam, and it was a crime. How you can go, well, the only people in the Republicans, and they're not really Republicans, fuck, fuck you. F fuck you. I, I will remind you that, I will remind you that the Republicans acted in bad faith here because the people that they wanted to add to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinziger on the Republican side were people that are now implicated in the plot. You cannot investigate yourself. Jordan. Biggs. I can't remember who the third person was at this point. It was absolutely Jordan Giggs. Might have been Gates. Now I'm thinking about it. I can't remember. But they were all three people that were now, we now know were in on this. And have asked for pardons because of their activities leading up to this. And Nancy, lover or hater, said, that's not cool because we already know that they got something to do with this. They are not coming on this committee to, you know, to, to investigate themselves. We'll take Cheney and Kinzinger because they don't have anything to do with it. 
And Kevin McCarthy said, well, if, you, if you're not going to take all three of these so we can actually make this a clown show, then we're not going to send anybody. And Nancy said, well, fine, but, you know, we're, we're, we're taking Kinsinger, uh, Kinsinger and Cheney. We're, we're, we're good with that. If you don't want anybody else, that's, that's on you guys. They acted in bad faith so they can actually turn around and say this is a sham hearing that doesn't have the other side presented. The other side was a clown show that was going to throw sand in the fucking gears. On purpose. To make it a clown show. So then they can say, this isn't meaningful. Now, of course, because the Republicans they wanted weren't allowed to be on the committee and you're only getting one side, now they're, they're trying to make the same argument. You had your chance. You had your chance to act in good faith and you chose not to. That's on you. You don't want the world to know that this was a fucking crime. All you wanted to do was fuck around. That's on you, McCarthy. That's on you, Republican Party. You had a shot to actually do something in good faith, and you chose not to do it. So no, you, you don't get to, at this point, call it a sham. And at this point, you know, you don't get to Donald. You don't get to demand equal time because you had the opportunity to have it. And you chose to fuck around. So no, you don't get it at this point. Get your own shit. Just like I tell people with this podcast, you are more than welcome to have your opinion. You don't get to come here and do it. If if you want to argue with me, get your own podcast. If you want to argue with the findings of the of the uh, of the J six committee, have your own hearings. Call your own witnesses. I am sure that C span will cover it. And and by the way, I'm also certain that you know because I mean look. The thing about being in power is that you get to decide where the cameras are more than anything. But I would be willing to bet you that Nancy would go, yeah, you know what? Yes, go ahead. Have your hearings. Prove yourself to be fucking idiots. Go right ahead. I will give you enough rope. I think that's eminently fair. You know, how many Benghazi hearings did we have for them to find nothing, right? And, and by the way, I will obviously mention that, you know, there were both sides were part of those Benghazi hearings. Trey Gowdy, whether you like him or you don't like him, actually was fair. He, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to investigate it till the ends of the fucking earth, but he was fair at least, I think. 11 hours, Hillary testifying for 11 hours. They had every opportunity and Trey Gowdy gave them every opportunity. I, I will say that much. I, you know, the guy doesn't say he's a little pinheaded, and I mean physically, but I think he was trying to do right by people to have fair hearings. I think, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with him on anything else, but I think, you know, that was a thing. I think that Benny Thompson, and and by extension, the the Democrat leadership, the Democratic leadership in the uh, in the House, I think wanted to have a fair hearing here. And wanted to have both sides represented. 
and have done their best by at least having two Republicans. Now, yes, they agree that, you know, Donald Trump's a fucker. And that's enough, apparently, to be, you know, treasonous, according to, you know, some of you on the Republican side. But I, I just want you to remember that, you know, anybody who uh, argued with Jim Jones was, was a traitor, too. Anybody who, you know, didn't really, wasn't down with L. Ron Hubbard, they were fair game. And yeah, yeah, I'm comparing this to a cult because it's a cult. It's a cult. How do you not see that? Let me back that up. Totally programmed people in a cult don't understand that they're in a cult. And will refuse to tell you that you're, that they're in a cult. I can't be in a cult, right? And, and it's not multi-level marketing either. You get out of this business exactly what you put into it. I wish the same could be said for democracy. At this point, living in the darkest timeline, um, I mean, I, I mean, we, we are fucked, aren't we? Aren't we? How are we going to fix this? How do we fix this? I have no idea. Anybody else got any ideas? I'm, I'm all ears. Because vote harder is not exactly the answer I'm looking for because I think I, I, I want to be wrong. I want to be, I want, I, I, I hope that people come to their senses and realize that we are in actually mortal danger <laughs> because we are. I don't think that Trump will be the nominee in 2024, but I think Ron DeSantis is going to be, and we're equally fucked because he's batshit insane too. So, yeah, and and elections, as we have seen, elections have consequences, um, and so does not actually having the balls to back up your convictions uh, there, uh, Democrats. Um, if you want to change, you know, if you, if you want to change the world we're living in, um, it's going to require, um, stones and not just stones. I mean, big, giant, stainless steel, watermelon sized testeronies. Okay. It's, it's going to be. You're going to have to step up, be bold, and hit uh, swing for the fences. And um, that's the only way that anybody that professes to be a Democrat is going to continue voting for a Democrat. Because we, we've we already shown that we won't vote for somebody who's not pure, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> pure blood, right? You know, we, 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 you know, I'm not voting for Hillary. I'm going green or I'm not voting. And you see where I got us? It, it, it got us Trump, but more importantly, it got us three Supreme Court justices that decided to fuck up the world. Because they could, and they have a lifetime appointment. So, lie on the stand, under oath, testimony, what? They did because they could. And now what the fuck are we going to do about it? They have a lifetime appointment. You can't touch him now. Impeach a judge, right? Impeach a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, sure. That's not going to happen, guys. The only thing that's going to happen is we have to vote. We have to vote. 
we have to vote, but we also have to have we also have to have candidates we can vote for. They installed, I mean, by, by you know, Jim Clyburn, the Democratic whip from South Carolina, uh, tapped Biden on the shoulder and said, he's the guy. And we all fell in line because he was the guy that was reasonable that could beat Trump. We weren't convinced that Bernie could beat Trump. I think Bernie could have beat Trump. I was happy to vote for Biden because, as I said, I'm not interested in bringing about the you know four horsemen of the apocalypse. But we're coming to that point again where we're going to have to make that choice. And yeah, we're going to have to hold our nose probably, but, you know, what do you do? Because it's either that or... You know, I don't know which one you call the orange guy. Pestilent, famine, but he's a uh, discoloration. That's what he is. He's 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 entropy. <laughs> there you go. He's entropy. The fifth horse. It's a Palomino. It's orange. That's gonna do it for this show. If you'd like to tell me where to get off. Not really interested, but you can connect with me on uh, social media at Chris Rowley, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y, in most places. Uh, and um, Rowley Media on Facebook, but, you know, whatever. Um, most places, I'm Chris Rowley, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y. And, of course, the home website, chrisrowley.com. Um, I have a Patreon. Uh, we're we're going to try to do, do something with the, the Patreon, so... Uh, Go to, actually, it'll be a link on my website, but it's Patreon. I think if you just do a search on Patreon for Chris Rowley, you can find it. Uh, I have a grand total of one patron, uh, which is fine. And thank you for my one patron. I'm good. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, But um, starts as little as $5 to get early access to podcasts. Um, And I think there's, it's five, 10 and 20 and 20. I'm going to try to give you all a a weekend or a, a special podcast. Uh, that's only in the VIP feed. Uh, and um, there we go. I- I'm thinking this week I'm going to start putting more stuff in there, like thoughts, like one-liners, like links of interest and things like that for, for people and uh, works in progress and what have you there. So um, head over to patreon.com slash Chris Rowley. It might be something as simple as that. Or just go to patreon.com and search for Chris Rowley, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y. You'll find me. Uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Until next time, question everything but the contents of a tuna melt, some shit you gotta take on Faith's Day. Solid people. Bye-bye.